Hear ye, hear ye. I am me. You are you. And this is the first episode of Unacceptable Behavior for 2020. Hey man, it goes without saying. So far since we flipped the calendar over, we're off to one hell of an inauspicious start to this new set of 365 days. 366 actually. It's a leap year. But uh, we ain't digging into all that, man. It's enough angst going around that as is. You know what we do here on Essential Behavior? So let's get into this first episode. We're going to take a look at toxic relationships. It goes without saying. Who wants to walk into one? So let's focus on killing them before they get too far along. This is UB. I'm your boy, Jason Grant. Let's rock. No relationship is perfect. And that's regardless of if we're talking about in the personal or even the business realm, right? But for the most part, it's pretty safe to say a good relationship makes you feel secure, happy, cared for, respected. You feel free to be yourself at basically any at all times, right? While on the other side, when it comes to toxic relationships, the ones that make you, those are the types that make you feel drained depleted, and sometimes, you know, even distraught. So with that said, I think we all have a pretty general idea of what a toxic relationship is, but for the sake of what we're looking to take a look at in this episode, uh, let's look at how it's defined in an article I found on HealthScope, which is a health and wellness mag online. They define a toxic relationship as a relationship characterized by behaviors on the part of the toxic partner that are emotionally and not infrequently physically damaging to their partner. While a healthy relationship contributes to our self-esteem and emotional energy, a toxic relationship damages self-esteem and drains energy. A healthy relationship involves mutual caring, respect, compassion, and an interest in our partner's welfare and growth an ability to share control and even decision-making. In short, a shared desire for each other's happiness. A healthy relationship is a safe relationship, a relationship where we can be ourselves without fear, a place where we feel comfortable and, again, secure. While a toxic relationship, on the other hand, is not a safe space, a toxic relationship is characterized by insecurity, self-centeredness, dominance, and control. In short, we risk our very being by staying in such a relationship. With that said, toxic relationships. I mean, it's not a rocket scientist. It shouldn't take one anyway to figure out that it's something bad for you. It's detrimental to your health, your well-being, your frame of mind. Your ability to coexist and to move about freely in this world without adding more stress than what we already deal with on a day-to-day basis, right? So let's ask the question. Why do we stay in them? 
I mean, it's, it's as simple as that, right? If you yourself have never been in a toxic relationship, amen, shout out to you for either choosing to, to walk away when things, when the signs was there or just being a, a better protective of your energy than some people are. But for those that find themselves in them or have in the past, again, the question, why do people stay in relationships and in interpersonal dealings that are such a drastic drain on their energy? I think we're going to we're going to focus our attention on three things, three possibilities, three reasons. No particular order, uh but one that either you may have found yourself or others throwing out there as an excuse, as an explanation is investment. The time put in, right? You got some people who depending on the length of time that the relationship has uh been in existence they're not willing to to run out when they've invested so much time in a person into this relationship. They will choose to hold steadfastly to something that's positive or to this, those those slight instances of positivity as a means for why they stick and stay. Right? So pretty much if it was all good in the ending, in the beginning, excuse me, and things just seem to have soured over time then they're holding on that positivity as a sign of hope of what things, of how things could be, how things were, how you can, how they could become once again, once they pretty much get around this rough patch. And then they look up or you look up and then you realize that rough patch has become seasonal, annual, or never, there is no ending. So think about it. Is that a good enough reason to stick and stay in something that's not bringing you any positivity whatsoever? Another thing that you can look at as a possibility is why people choose to stay in toxic relationships, because it is a choice is uh, the options. I mean, it's 2020 now, but if you've heard at least one episode of unacceptable behavior before now, uh, you know that I've, I've, I've discussed this. And I get it from both the male and the female side. The pools, they, hey man, they've been poisoned for women looking for men. Uh, and this is something that might become an episode in the future. Uh, you'll find a lot of women who are single, who want something that looks uh, like something that doesn't exist and that does not exist anymore. You'll find a woman who is looking for something that uh, they're, if not their parents, if they weren't in a positive, fully functional, aspirational, goals-level relationship, then their grandparents were, right? So you have women who hold their grandfathers in such high esteem that they want something that looks like that. Not realizing the times are not what they were 30, 40 years ago. 50 years ago men aren't built that same way just as women aren't built that same way right so you can't put that type of that type of hopes and goals and dreams and aspirations of your potential mate you can't have that be rooted into something that doesn't exist anymore not without 
you know, kind of adjusting your view to make it so that the things that relationships were built on in the 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, without kind of adjusting it to make it look closer to what things, how the times are now in this new millennium, right? But even with that said, men aren't made the same way and women aren't made the same way. So you have women who are looking for men who don't have the same view on relationships as they had in the past. And then you have men who are looking for women who aren't looking, who on a large scale at least, aren't looking at relationships in the same way that they were viewed in the past. And that one we've also discussed in previous episodes. That's because, generally speaking, women have been forced to adapt to the way that men look at relationships. So it's cyclical, but either way, the options aren't what they used to be. So that leads us into my third reason that I feel people stay in toxic, in toxic relationships. People choose to dance with the devil that brought them. There's comfort in sticking and staying with what you know, right? So on the, on the, on the, I guess the, this would be considered the, 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 the high end of things. You're, you're stuck in a relationship where there's good and bad, but the good outweighs the bad. And there's comfort in that. So, you know, the shortcomings of your mate, you know, their triggers, you know, how things or why things go bad when they do. So in your brain, you start to make concessions. You start to adjust. You start to uh, let certain things slide that in the grand scheme probably should not be, uh, you know, brushed to the brush to the left because there's comfort in that. You know what you have in that person. You know what you have in that relationship. And in your mind, you feel that I'm not going to find anything better out there. So I'm going to stay right here because I know how to deal with this. I've dealt with the bad. So I know I know it's not going to last a long time. Right. So because of that, you choose to let things slide that you probably shouldn't let slide. See, there's a difference between uh, making concessions finding your compliment in a relationship to take the good and the bad with a person in order to potentially find your happily ever after. There's a difference between that and conceding that there's no one else in the world that you could be happy with. So I'm going to take this little bit of good Far more bad than I should probably put up with. And I'm going to be good with that just because. See, the one thing that I will say that I feel is the root cause of why people choose to stick in toxic relationships comes down to self-esteem. And that's something that a lot of us, men and women, need to do a better job at taking a closer look at and being real with yourself. Because dealing with somebody who might not like to go out every single night or not might not want to travel more than once, twice a year. 
or someone who is, you know, occasionally forgetful about things, paying a, a small bill here or there or whatever. That's not the same thing as dealing with somebody who uh, you can't leave with your best friends or not even your best friends who you can't leave with um, friends of yours of the opposite gender when you're not around because there's an opportunity, there's a chance that they're going to shoot their shot at that person. Or there's a chance that the person you're dealing with, if the opportunity presented itself, they're going to take something of yours that doesn't, that they shouldn't have. Whether that's money or the car or, you know, whatever, man. Like you, like throw out whatever example you want to, but you should not let certain things slide. Facts. And whatever the, the cause of why something is viewed as a toxic relationship, you got to be real, real with yourself. Why am I putting up with this when I don't absolutely have to? There's one thing to concede again and to take the good with the bad of someone is something totally different. When you are giving up your positive realm of being, your own positive frame of mind and making excuses where almost everyone else who knows what's going on looks at you crazy and wants you to do better. Hey man, with that real quick break, I think we looked at things in a couple different ways. We want to come back and help those people out who might not know why they're in toxic relationships. Sometimes you are far too close to a situation to understand why you are actually in that situation. So we're going to look at a couple of signs of uh, to help people out. They might be totally ignoring uh, <laughs> those flags, those, those, those signposts, if you will, that say that you should get your ass moved the fuck away from whatever it is you're dealing with. Save yourself, man. Hey, man, it's unacceptable behavior. First episode of 2020. Let's take a closer look at toxic relationships. I'm your host, Jason Graham. Be right back. So toxic relationships. Ladies and gentlemen, we back. Unacceptable behavior. Jason Graham, first episode of 2020. Uh, we started with, you know, a real, real fairly standard look into what exactly a toxic relationship is. From there, we started to take a look at why people choose to stay in them, why we choose to make excuses for why we choose to stay in them, right? So now we're going to uh, switch our focus into looking at signs that you're either in a toxic relationship or that it's headed down that path. Now, a real quick Google search uh, will run you across hundreds of ways to determine if you are, in fact, in a toxic relationship or one is on the horizon. So I just grab a quick five from a long laundry list of what I was able to find. And we're going to look at those and try to see if we can, uh, you know, navigate that navigate the space, man. Because we want to either move left of them or avoid them out the gate. Me, myself, personally, I'm all about the avoiding as soon as you see it. We out of there. But, you know, 
Everybody's not the same. So without further ado, let's just let's get into it. Uh, the first one, your relationship is all take, no give. In other words, any relationship in which you experience the withdrawal of energy without any kind of depositing of such. So you're not being fed. You're being drained. That's not how things work, man. Uh, you know, a lot of um, in previous episodes of uh, of UB, you'll hear me refer to friends of mine who are either in relationships or who are uh, in the beginning stages. And one thing that I have said to a couple of my friends who are on, you know, the on some into the newness of you will, if you will, of relationships is that in the beginning, it's not supposed to be hard. You know what I'm saying? Like in the getting to know you phase and the I met you, I like you, you like me. Uh, let's just spend some time together. Nothing serious. And even from there, when you take that next step into let's spend a little more time together, we're not exclusive, but we see, we see a lot of each other. We talk to each other on a regular basis. It's not supposed to be difficult. I don't care when it, and it, we, it doesn't matter if you in a relationship that started five years ago or in the current climate. Shit ain't supposed to be hard in the beginning. It's the honeymoon phase. It's just like a marriage. Them early stages are, they, that's supposed to be easy breezy, man. We ain't even got to the, into the meat of whatever this is going to be yet. So why am I working so hard? Why is there so much uh, angst and negative energy popping up around every turn? Why am I having to explain myself on a regular basis out the gate in the beginning stages? It ain't supposed to be that way, right? It's still superficial. It's, it's surface level. So if you find yourself constantly explaining things or you feel as though after you're, you're done dealing with this person in a conversation, whether that be in person or over the phone, electronically, email, text, social media, whatever it is. And you find yourself shaking your head and not with a smile on your face when you do so. That's, that's a sign. Again, it's not supposed to be that difficult. I got a, a good buddy of mine from high school, married, and uh, him and his wife. They've been married for, man, about uh, not quite 10 years, I don't think. But they they running up on, they're they at least in that seven-year range, right? When I say these two are so dangerously in love, it's ridiculous. Um, And you can see it. You can see it in person if you're around them. You can see it through the screen. When, you, when I, when I uh, just watch how they interact online, like on Facebook. What have you? I mean, they they still to this day seem like they're in the perpetual honeymoon phase of loving and getting to know each other, and it's amazing. And I know I got a lot of friends who are in relationships long term, married and not, and they ain't at this kind of like dangerously in love level that these two are. It's crazy to see, but and and that's. I won't go as, as far as to say that's an anomaly, but if they are still going at the rate that they're going at, married seven years into the game, then this little situation that you find yourself in 
in that one to two to three month range, that shit ain't supposed to be that hard, bro. So again, if you find yourself shaking your head, sign, pay attention to it, and don't ignore it, man. Uh, the second one is, you know, kind of built off of the first one. You find yourself feeling drained. Like you're not happy and productive after dealing with this individual. The early stages, even into a year, if you find that you you that you you don't after leaving this person's presence, you're not wondering when you're gonna see them again, when you're gonna talk to them again, and not because they're busy or they're hard to you know set something up set something up with, but it just there's that there's there's not that need almost to be around them. To spend that time with him, that's a sign. When it's the exact opposite, that's a sign, man. There's a lack of trust there. It's another one. Either they don't trust you or you don't trust them. Why are you dealing with somebody who you don't trust? Why are you dealing with someone who doesn't trust you? Now, if you've been dealing with each other long enough to where you broke that person's trust, and you're working to build it back up, it's totally different, right? But if that's not the case, if they're basing this off of their own previous relationships and they have absolutely nothing to do with you. First things first, to recognize who is with you now. If that lack of trust is there and it's 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 there and it's so strong that you find that they are constantly accusing you of something that they made up in their own head. Or they're stalking you online. And not because of something that you did, but it's their own insecurity. That ain't got nothing to do with you. Right? And if you choose to stick and stay and try to, you know, help them through that, that's totally your prerogative. But if you don't, don't feel bad about that. Look. And along those lines, something I found that we are all pretty much kind of guilty of doing is uh, putting the onus on ourselves to go above and beyond the call of duty to massage the insecurities of the people that we're dealing with. And that that actual reality kind of goes outside of just uh, romantic dealings, right? Like it also uh, works that way is when it comes to dealing with our friends and family also. And what we have to get to a point of understanding is at what point are we going too far in doing just that? Especially when it's not necessarily up to you to do. That's on them. Right? The fourth one. Hostile atmosphere. In other words, there's a, it seems like there's a constant anger within that individual or within the relationship. If you notice, a lot of these things, they're kind of intertwined. But they all stand up on their own. Again, whether it's short term, meaning that you've been together for a couple months to a year, two years. Uh, there shouldn't be a consistent existence of anger and unrest in your interpersonal dealings, man. Now, you have some people who are very uptight. They're very tense individuals in nature. You have people who are very combative. Like, it's just in their nature. And if, just like anything else, if you choose to deal with that person, 
then you just have to know that that comes with them. Like they're wired in that way. But with that in mind, hopefully you're not also combative because then that's just an explosive situation. Uh, I remember when I used to, this is years ago, uh, back when forums were heavy online, kind of before social media kind of really took off and kind of killed everything else that existed when it came to the web, is that I would find myself in these in these chat rooms or forums where in relationship forums where it was like seen on a regular basis. People were saying that if you, if you don't argue with an individual that you're in a relationship with, that means you don't love them. And just like I felt then I feel the same way. Now it's the dumbest shit I've ever heard before in my life. Arguing does not mean that you love somebody. It does not mean that you're willing to fight with somebody. It does not mean that you're, willing to fight for something that you believe in. No, it just means that you like to argue. Now, disagreements, of course those will come up in relationships or situations, no question. And the more that you spend time with somebody and invest your time in someone, there's a greater opportunity that you're going to disagree on occasion. And that disagreement or disagreements can definitely devolve into an argument. But if it's prolonged, if you find yourself arguing about any and everything, even the dumbest of things, that's a sign. That's not a positive. And don't let anyone, whether it be your friends, family, or anyone else, tell you any different. And the last one, your, your situation is occupied with imbalance, meaning it's a one-sided relationship. If you find yourself fighting harder for something than the other party is. What are we doing? That is definitely this, the beginnings of a toxic relationship because when things get hard, it takes two to make anything survive when it comes to relationship and you're fighting harder than the other party and them just kind of letting things be, whether that, means they, they let them slide, they let them become negative, they, they let them just kind of uh, slide down in the wrong direction, away from happily ever after or our being together, breeds resentment. And that's a surefire way to end up in something toxic or far worse. So, I mean, that's it. We're going we're gonna to stop right there. Those are my five. The five signs that I that I want to throw out as far as letting someone know that you're either in a toxic relationship or you're on a fast train towards one. And what you choose to do with that, it's totally up to you. Hey Amen. One more real quick break. We're going to come back and both tie this thing up. Unacceptable behavior. Toxic relationship. Be right back. So what are we doing here, man, in the new year? For those who may be listening to your first episode of Unacceptable Behavior or, you know, this might be your, your second or third, I am an author. My current work in progress, entitled Psycho, uh, has a main character who is a psychotherapist, counselor, a shrink, someone who you go and talk to when you need someone to help you Get to the bottom of why things are the way they are, why you're feeling the way you feel, 
why you make the decisions that you make, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that character, that project, that aside, I, myself, in my own personal life, am a huge proponent of going to seek help if you are someone who needs it. Seeking professional help, professional guidance to help you work through certain things. We it's it's a rap fall that 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 negative energy around that, the negative connotations around that. We done with that. I'm a huge fan of choosing yourself. And that's one of the things that the main character in my current work in progress, obviously with him being a, a counselor, one of the things he is huge in trying to preach and get people to understand and receive is that you have to choose yourself at all times, especially when it comes to dealing with other individuals, right? In order for us to get to the, any semblance of happiness and reaching the predestination on our lives that was set aside prior to our being born, we have got to do a better job of choosing ourselves. We got to do a better job at seeking help when the avenues that we have chosen in the path to help us get by things keeps bringing us to the same conclusion. And that's one that's not allowing us to reach our best possible selves. When it comes to toxic relationships, we looked at reasons, a few reasons as to why people choose to stay in those. And like I uh, noted before we went to that break, Self-esteem plays a huge role into why we do the things that we do, why we make the decisions that we make. And that's a bigger issue than the relationships themselves. Because if you get to the root of why you choose to stay in those types of situations, and that root more than likely is somewhat interwoven into the low self-esteem that we have for ourselves, if we address that, That'll help us also to steer clear of making those same types of bad decisions in the future. Right? So what I want for your, for you all, for myself, for everyone, let's all do a better job of choosing ourselves, man. We're going to stay free and clear of toxic relationships in the future. Some people, they can't stay away from them. But there's a reason for that. And if you're one of those individuals, hey man, before you even think about engaging in something with somebody new, let's look at why things keep going wrong with the situation we found ourselves in in the past. There's a nexus. Let's get to the root of that. Let's address that so we can stay free and clear of all that bad mojo in 2020, all right? Look, man, as usual, I appreciate y'all for giving me an opportunity to interrupt your day for this 20 or so plus minutes that we've been having our little conversation. If you want to get more involved, get more engaged, by all means, follow your boy on social media. I can be found at the Jason Graham, T-H-E-J-S-I-N-G-R-A-H-A-M. No spaces, no hyphens, no apostrophes anything of the sort i can be found on mainly twitter facebook and instagram shoot me a message in my inbox if you want to get something a little more personal 
some a little more uh, in depth, you can slide me a message at my Gmail. That's the Jason Graham at gmail.com. The the depending on which side of the pond you want. Right? Hey man, look, one more time. I appreciate you. Keep pushing like, keep pushing follow, keep pushing subscribe. Share and share alike, man. Let me know what I did good, what I what I can do better. I take ideas, I take criticism. I take it all, man. I'm a big boy. It's a new year. We can't grow if you don't tell me what I did wrong, right? We can't get any better if we keep doing more of the same. So look, until next time, man, you know what it is. This is Unacceptable Behavior. I'm your host, Jason Grant. Until next time, you know what it is, man. Y'all be good. Goddamn bare minimum. Be good at it. Welcome to a new opportunity. Be better. New decade. New year. Let's keep growing. Till next time, man. Gone.